before we get to the book of Acts and Acts chapter 9, let's take a peek at John chapter 21, verse 15 through verses 15 through 17. We'll, we'll lay a little foundation for what we're going to read in Acts. This is, a, this is, I think, a one-on-one with Jesus and Simon Peter. We'll look at this and then we'll make our way over to Acts chapter 9. John chapter 21, beginning there with verse 15. So when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Shepherd my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, Son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. A uh, couple things. This is pivotal in Peter's relationship with Jesus and, and the ministry going forward. The second thing that I'd like to say before we move on over into Acts chapter 1 and chapter 2 a little bit is that herein lies the motivation for serving Jesus. Do you love me? It's love. It's a relationship built on love. We love Christ. We're not checking boxes. He didn't give us boxes to check. He said, do you love me? And if the answer is in the affirmative, then we, we serve him. We serve others. Um, so X, just a couple pages over. We'll track Uh, Peter, just a little bit here. Um, Remember verse 8 in uh, chapter 1. Jesus is talking to these disciples, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. Now we could go back to John 16 in our text this past Sunday. But we're not going to do that tonight. Because that's... But this is is stemming from or growing out of what Jesus promised 
the disciples in John 16 that the helper would come. He says, when I leave, the helper will come. And then he describes what the helper will do. The helper will help. The helper will convict of sin, righteousness, and judgment. So that's what we're going to see happen is Jesus is leaving right here. We have the ascension. This is him leaving. He, um, he fulfills the words that he told the apostles back there in John 16. And after he had said these things, verse 9 of chapter 1, he was lifted up while they were looking on. And a cloud received him out of their sight. And as they were gazing intently into the sky while he was going, behold, two men in white clothing stood beside them. They also said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? I like the King James there. Why stand ye gazing? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in just the same way as you've watched him go into heaven. So here's the leaving part. Jesus ascends to the right hand of the Father. And then we know there in Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost comes, the Holy Spirit is poured out. And then lo and behold, who among them would stand and preach the first sermon uh, from this newly formed or newly birthed church? Peter. And so he preaches that sermon. What is he doing? He's tending the lambs. He's shepherding the sheep. He's, he's doing this out of love for Jesus. And so we'll look over here in chapter 3. We have this Peter right here with John. We see Peter with John. John or Acts 3, verse 1, Peter and John. What are they doing? They're going up to the temple at the ninth hour. And the Bible says in verse 2, there's a man who had been lame from his mother's womb and he's being carried along whom they used to set down every day at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, in order to beg alms of those who were entering the temple. Now, you and I remember that uh, these apostles, these two uh, said, look at us. They spoke to this man, this beggar and said, look at us. They said, this man thought he was going to receive something monetary from Peter and John, but Peter said there in verse six, I do not possess silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene walk and seizing him by the right hand, he raised him up and immediately his feet and his ankles were strengthened. And with a leap, he stood upright and began to walk and he entered the temple with them walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that this is the man who used to be there, right there at the gate of the temple, begging alms. And then from this, Peter and John are arrested. Well, Peter is, uh, is the subject, or God's work through Peter tonight. We have looked at Saul's conversion here in Acts chapter 9, and now we have a break because the, um, the church enjoyed peace right there in verse 31 of chapter 9. Sorry that we've jumped around a little bit. We'll stop jumping. Uh, verse 31. So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria enjoyed peace 
being built up and going on in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it, the church, continued to increase. So we think that this is, this is coming right on the heels of Saul's conversion. And we know that Saul was in his unconverted state was stirring things up, but now he's converted and there's peace in the church. And we think Peter um, launches out into some ministry during this time of peace. So tonight we'll read, and this is our text proper, uh, Acts 9, 32 through 43. We'll read, the, we'll read the text. Now, as Peter was traveling through all those regions, he came down also to the saints who lived at Lydda. There he found a man named Aeneas, who had been bedridden eight years, for he was paralyzed. Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and make your bed. Immediately he got up. And all who lived at Lydda and Sharon saw him, and they turned to the Lord. Now, in Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha, which translated in Greek is called Dorcas. This woman was abounding with deeds of kindness and charity, which she continually did. And it happened at that time that she fell sick and died. And when they had washed her body, they laid it in an upper room. And that was unusual to lay her in an upper room. And since Lida was near Joppa, the disciples, having heard that Peter was there, sent two men to him, imploring him, do not delay in coming to us. So Peter arose and went with them. When he arrived, they brought him into the upper room. And all the windows stood, all the windows, all the widows, oh boy, I can't take a mulligan and start over, I just got to keep going, right? All the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing all the tunics and garments that Dorcas used to make while she was with them. But Peter sent them all out and knelt down and prayed and turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes and when she saw Peter, she sat up and he gave her his hand and raised her up and calling the saints and widows, he presented her alive. It became known all over Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. And Peter stayed many days in Joppa with a tanner named Simon, the word of the Lord. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. Um, Lord, teach us tonight, encourage us, grow our faith to your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So Peter's traveling throughout all the regions. There he is traveling. Uh, we read over that traveling took time and it's, it, it's a struggle nowadays. You can imagine what it was back then to travel. I think that Lida is, uh, 
I was going to look at this on the map. I think it's 25 miles from Jerusalem, and I think it's northwest. And then, and then Joppa is 12 miles from Lydda. So if you have maps, you feel free to look at that. I don't have a map. I was reading the text out of this Bible with no maps. So it did not, did not help me. The one on the communion table back here is the Bible with the maps. Very good maps at that. Um, so he's traveling and it was, uh, yeah, it was quite a, quite a uh, trip from Jerusalem to uh, Lydda. And the Bible says he's traveling through those regions and he came down also to the saints. So there's, there's saints there. That's the key. And we think these saints are there as a result of Philip's ministry uh, that he had already launched out. And they're, you know, what did Jesus say? Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth. So they're getting to the uttermost part of the known world back then. Um, and this is toward Gentile territory. And that's important. So there he found a man named Aeneas. I mean, there's a lot of folks there. There's one guy that he found named Aeneas, and he had been bedridden eight years because he was paralyzed. So this man is completely dependent on others. Uh, We've already, uh, we read about the paralytic in Mark chapter 2. And Jesus healed him. And Jesus also forgave his sin. So the power to heal and the power to forgive, both of those go together. Um, We don't have time to talk about the hole in the roof, (laughs) the damage, (laughs) but uh, it's a a profound story. And, And interesting that Jesus saw the faith of the men who brought him to Jesus. So, um, but here we have another paralytic. We have Aeneas. Um, Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and make your bed. Immediately he got up. Uh, That's in the blink of an eye. The healing power of Jesus is there. What's interesting um, is that Jesus is conducting his high priestly ministry from the right hand of the Father. Now, if any of us had any doubts about that, this is this should uh, remove all doubt. Jesus Christ heals you. This is Peter's testimony, and he tells the man to get up and make his bed. There's some. It's, It's really strange here. Some people say that this could be taken, get up and set your table. But I don't put setting his table with his, yeah. So get up and make your bed. That's it. Make your bed. And immediately he got up. I mean, he he doesn't even have time to join the, uh, what, Silver Sneakers Club? Anybody? Okay, you may be too young for that. Don't worry about it. Um, But he's getting up. He's ready to move. 
And all who lived at Lydda and Sharon saw him, and they turned to the Lord. That's, that's a key verse right there. All who lived at Lydda and Sharon saw him, and they turned to the Lord. They turned to Jesus. That's a powerful statement. Saw the work of Christ uh, that he conducted through his apostle from this high and lofty position. And he was able to heal this man and many turned to the Lord. Now in Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha, which translated in Greek is called Dorcas. And this woman was abounding with deeds of kindness and charity, which she continually did. She's a busy lady, and she is helping people with her kindness, her charity. Um, the Bible says she was, she was all about this all the time. She continually did this. And it happened at that time that she fell sick and died. And when they had washed her, prepared her body for burial, they laid it in an upper room. Well, since Lida was near Joppa, we think about 12 miles separate the two towns. The disciples, having heard that Peter was there, they sent two men to him, imploring him, do not delay in coming to us. There's something here about two by two. There's something here about uh, connecting and uh, not just going Alone, or two. And they implore Peter, do not delay in coming. So Peter arose and went with them. When he arrived, now we could stop here. We, we have another Bible story of someone who went to Joppa. He was running from the Gentiles. Right? God called Jonah to go to Nineveh. And the Bible, if you read that first chapter of Jonah, he went down. He went down, he went down, he went down, down to Joppa, down into the boat, and eventually down to the bottom of the sea. Well, Peter goes to Joppa, but he's not running from the Gentiles. He's running toward the Gentiles. He's running toward ministry. That's a pretty neat uh, contrast, I think, between uh, Peter here and then Jonah way back then. So... Uh, Peter arose and he went with these men. And when he arrived, they brought him into the upper room and all the widows stood beside him and are all just weeping and there's just sadness. And The Bible says they're showing all the tunics and garments that Dorcas used to make while she was with him. The language here is that quite possibly these ladies are wearing what Dorcas had made. So they are looking at one another and they're reminded of all the kindnesses and all the charity of Dorcas toward them. And they're just, you can, you can just feel it in one verse how much 
they already miss this lady. Um, Peter sent them all out. He had seen that before with Jesus and Jairus' daughter. Remember when he got there to the house and the professional mourners were there, all weeping and wailing and making noise and playing instruments and whatever they did. And Jesus did what? Out. And then they go into the room and raises Jairus's daughter. What did Jesus say to Jairus's daughter? Talitha, come. There's one letter difference between Talitha and Tabitha. Just one. Here we have a Tabitha or Dorcas. So Peter sent them all out and he knelt down and prayed. What a, what a moment there. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up and he gave her his hand. Now, here's another difference with uh, here between this uh, Peter and Tabitha and Jesus and Jairus's daughter. Jesus takes Jairus's daughter's hand first. In other words, while she was still dead. Because he wasn't, uh, he wasn't afraid of being unclean because he's the son of God. Peter doesn't take her hand until after. She's already opened her eyes. She saw Peter. She sat up and he gave her his hand and raised her up. And calling the saints and widows, he presented her alive. What a moment. That's so, that's just Jesus. Um, and there's Peter. He's tending the lambs. He's feeding the sheep. It became known all over Joppa. Well, I guess. And many believed in the Lord. So with Aeneas, we had, we had many turning. Oh, it says, and they turned to the Lord in verse 35. And over here, in verse 42, it says, and many believed in the Lord. Listen, different words, but it means the same thing. It means the same thing. Turning to the Lord, believing in the Lord. These miracles uh, were, I think, a beachhead, one in Lydda, one in Joppa, of God's work and through those respective miracles, many, uh, they in Lydda turned to the Lord and over here in Joppa, many believed in the Lord. And so that's the purpose of the miracle uh, is that many would believe. And Peter stayed many days in Joppa with a tanner named Simon now, a couple more things. Uh, Joppa is, uh, the modern day uh, spot is Jaffa. Jaffa. So, the same place. And then, 
if you want to add this, I don't know, a third miracle in this, Peter stayed many days in Joppa with a tanner named Simon. I don't know any Jew that would have stayed with a tanner because a tanner is always dealing with animal skins. And if you have animal skins and you've obviously got dead animals and that would have been about as unclean as you could get. So already the Lord is moving and working in Peter toward this full Gentile ministry. And don't look now, but in Acts chapter 10, that's exactly what takes place as Peter preaches the gospel to Cornelius's house. And there are conversions and the spirit, the Holy Spirit comes upon the Gentiles. So we have that to look forward to uh, the next time we're together. Acts chapter 10, Peter going to the house of a centurion named Cornelius. Father in heaven, we thank you for our time together tonight. We give you the praise, the glory, the honor. We confess tonight that when we are weak, Lord, you're always strong. And we depend on your strength. And we depend on your wisdom. So God, by and through the finished work of Christ on the cross, deliver to your people the resources, the spiritual resources necessary to live in a way that would glorify you. We want to be pleasing to you. So help us in this endeavor. We give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen.